Say your name and what you do. Chris Velosky, and I own a business. <laughs> Hi, my name is Marissa Kelly, and I also own a business. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. Good morning, everyone. We are joined by our guest, Melanie Diesel. She is the author of the Content Fuel Framework and Brand Content Expert. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you on and talk about your book. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're in New York, and hopefully you're keeping safe, and we know that things are crazy over there. I used to live in New York, and we could probably talk about that later. But um, so, um, you know, I think what really what we want to talk about today is kind of just um, how storytelling, and this is all your thing, right? You talk about storytelling yeah. and brand content. Um, but the main thing that we really just want to figure out is kind of what you do and what you focus on. And then we'll get into like the book and what that means in terms of content fuel framework. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So, um, I'm Melanie Diesel. I'm the founder of story fuel, which is a company that aims to help marketers and creators learn how to tell better stories. Um, my background is that of a journalist. So I studied journalism. I used to be, you know, creating content for print and digital all the time. Um, but I found that actually my skills were almost more useful in the world of marketing. So kind of helping other marketers, entrepreneurs, um, influencers, you know, anyone who's sort of in authority or has an audience to communicate with uh, some of the things that I learned in, in journalism school that could really help them create more credible content, more compelling content to kind of optimize mm -hmm. their content practices. And so everything that I do is really aligned with that mission. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I do, uh, obviously we, I wrote the book, which we can talk about later, but I do, you know, workshops in companies usually. Uh, I speak at conferences, which is how we met out in, in San Diego for a social media marketing world. Mm -hmm. um, I do, uh, I run a mastermind, you know, really everything that I'm doing though is, is focused on finding ways to kind of help other people come to love how to tell better stories. Yeah, I think, um, and you said that you're, you migrated over to like helping uh, marketers. And it's funny, because I think that that's one of the things that us as marketers fail to do, because we're so busy helping other people yeah. tell their stories, right? It's easy yeah. to step outside the box. So I, it sounds to me like you're helping us, all of us, <laughs> figure yeah. out how we can tell our story. Um, how did you know that this was kind of you had to move from you know the journalist journalism background and and kind of more into like helping marketers yeah i wish that i wish that i had some sort of premonition or could magically predict the industry that is not at all what happened um mm -hmm. I went back to graduate school and when I, I was still studying journalism at that point, um, wanted to study arts and cultural criticism. And when I got out of graduate school, I was looking for a job and all the newspapers, all the magazines, all the websites were sort of downsizing and going digital. And so there really weren't 
the kind of jobs that I was looking for. So I was like, what am I going to do with all these skills? You know, I, I thought I would be a journalist. You know, I just went back and invested in even more journalism skills. And now what? Um, and it was actually a recruiter that I was working with who said, actually, I have a job that's more in the business side of things, but a lot of the skills you'd use are the same. And so if you're open to that, I'd love to have you do an interview there. And that's how I really got into branded content was just a really smart recruiter who realized that my skill set, while it wasn't technically marketing and business, you know, the things that I knew how to do were just as applicable for this other type of role. And once mm -hmm. I got into the business side of things, I realized, wow, there's actually a lot of value in having the background and skills that I have, you know, being able to turn content around quickly. I was used to working on deadline. I never got offended by editors because I was used to having content, you know, picked apart and reformatted it, you know, when a, when a brand tells you you need to revise something, didn't offend me personally. So it actually, you know, came in, in a lot of handy to be able to take that experience mm -hmm. and put it to work in the business side of things. Oh, yeah, that totally does sound like every experience I have with <laughs> all the companies I work with. Yeah. Um, and um, so when did you decide to like make this your I mean, it sounded like you were working with a recruiter and then went to like a corporate job. Yeah. When did you decide, okay, this is my thing. And I'm gonna go outside of that. Yeah. So I first, that recruiter brought me into the Huffington Post was where I started. I was a, a content strategist there, uh, building out their brand content team. After that, I was at the New York Times. So I was actually the first editor of branded content hired at the New York Times, creating all their, their brand content. And then uh, I spent some time. Hello. You froze. Oh, no. It's all good. Make sure you... Okay. Uh, well, our guest uh, currently froze. There might be some connection issues. Yeah. Uh, she'll probably log back on okay. in a minute. Darn it. I'm sure she knows. I think she knows. Um, okay. They're just getting good, too. I know. Darn Jesus it. Christ. <laughs> hey. Well, Oh man, we might have to redo this. No, no, we're, we're good. Let's continue. You know, like <laughs> continue with our day. Damn it! It was right in the. Uh, okay, so sorry for our audio listeners. You know, people yes. right now on YouTube is okay; they can still see us. But <laughs> um, darn it! Um, oh man, uh, I'm gonna email her. Why don't you go ahead and talk really quick? Yeah, so uh, I don't know what to like, just jump on. Uh, yeah, just uh, right now looking into creating uh, some products, you know, to help out people right now during the, during this stressful situation. But yeah, you know what? Um, I want to talk to her about, but like, um, I feel like right now is a time where there's content overload, uh, mm -hmm. overwhelm content overwhelm because everyone's online well now everyone's trying to create content now mm -hmm, like. mm -hmm. and what sticks and stuff like that so um we'll figure it out um but one thing that i'm working on this morning actually um i i realized yesterday that i was uh i was getting overwhelmed with all the content that's being pushed out online and I, I agree with like continuing on and trying to like make the best of situations that we're in and uh, really kind of helping others. Um, but there's this whole 
overwhelming feeling of like you see other people and it's not even like I want to be like other people. You just feel like, okay, like you got to keep going. If other people are going, then you got to keep going. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that's always bothered me is like how I articulate what I can do and like how quickly I can turn around a proposal. Like, I feel like in my head, I know what I want to say and who, 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 Oh, there she is coming back in. Hello. (laughs) Adventures in working from home. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, Just getting to the important part. So I'm going to have to probably download this video and um, edit it out, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) It's fine. Right. We're agile. So we were talking about how, or you were talking about how you jumped from, you know, working in corporate and, and understanding, you know, the like Huffington Post and New York Times and all the editors and how you really went from working that style of work to then on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, after being at HuffPost and at the New York Times, um, I, I spent a little bit of time at Time Incorporated. And then I was realizing that basically what I was doing, it looked like I was job hopping, but really what I was being brought in to do was train teams on how to create brand content, like train the marketing and sales teams, how to be more like storytellers, how to be more like journalists. And mm-hmm. so each time at each of those companies, after I stayed for about a, a year, I had you know helped set up the team, I had trained all these people, and then I was sort of like, well, what do I do now? And I would find myself needing a new team to go and help. And so I actually think it was my now husband who made the realization and said, I think you're actually a consultant and you just don't know it because the value, the reason you keep being brought in is to come in and train people and help them figure out how to do this stuff. And that would be a mm-hmm. lot easier and you could help more people if you were on your own. And he was totally right. So what I did after Time Inc. I had been there for a year. I trained the team. We were we were up and running. And then I said, this time I'm going to step out on my own. Instead of finding a new job for another year, I'm just going to put up my own shingle. And so uh, what is now Story Fuel is, you know, just created this this way that I could work with different brands and different publishers and, and help them set up brand storytelling teams, help them get a handle on what kind of stories their brand could tell. Uh, like I said, I come in and I'll do trainings, workshops, speak at conferences. Um, this just gives me a lot more freedom to be able to help more people and, and reach more people uh, and, and hopefully help them come to love storytelling as much as I do. Yeah, I I definitely can identify with that. I mean, being in the industry for so long and then you realize, okay, like I want to help as many people as possible, yeah. but still provide value to them. Um, so you talked, you know, about branded content and, you know, basically mentioned all the different types of content that you can create. Yeah. And right now I'm kind of, and I don't know if you're feeling this at all um, or, you know, as a, as a business owner or whatever, do you feel that there's a lot of content to consume right now that we're all like at home? Is there, do you feel overwhelmed or? I mean, I know I personally do. I think, I think we were already sort of at content overwhelm before all of this, you know, all of our lives were changing and we were working from home. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's much easier 
to feel overwhelmed by content now that we're all home, in part because there's a lot less separation between when we're working and when we're not. And I think anyone who's kind of had to adjust to working from home probably felt that to some degree. Like when you're at work and then you go home, you switch from reading emails to watching Netflix or playing games or something, right? Now that we're just home all the time, there can be this pressure to just always be consuming, always be learning, always be working. And so I think it's a lot easier to get overwhelmed right now. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can totally identify with that. I've worked from home for seven years now, but I was I left working from home and joined a co-working space so I could get away from yeah. home. And now I'm like, oh, got to come home. Now I got to manage with everyone else here. So I was the same way. I, I yeah. you know, even though I work from home, I had a co-working space nearby because for me, I still needed to be able to like turn work on and off. I needed to, to mm-hmm. get into that mode. And I don't know. I I also have, I have a young child. I have a seven month old here at home. And so there's always like, you know, to, to cuddle with her, to play a game with her, to take her, well, take her on a walk or play, you know, do something, start a load of laundry, wash bottles. Like there's plenty to be done. And so getting away from that is usually my, my secret to productivity. So it's definitely an adjustment now. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chris, do you have something? uh, I think I thought you wanted to say something. No, I was right. just listening. Oh, okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the book. Um, sure. How long has it been out? And oh. kind of tell about that. Yeah. So so this is the book, uh, the Content Field right. Framework: How to Generate Unlimited Story Ideas. Uh, the book came out at the end of February, which is like kind of a horrible time to launch a book, it turns out, in the current situation. <laughs> but um, what's really cool about it is that um, it was really designed, like the reason I wrote the book was to help people very tactically, like very actionable, figure out how to come up with story ideas. And I think a lot of people are actually trying to focus on that right now. Like so many people now that we're home, we're trying to think maybe I should finally do that YouTube series I've been talking about. Maybe I should do a daily live or I should start a podcast or update my blog, finally write a book, like whatever it is, that big creative project you've been putting off. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are trying to use their new schedule, their new time to work those creative projects in. And so hopefully it proves helpful for people who are, you know, trying to start something new, build some momentum and figure out what they should talk about in those different things, mm-hmm. whether it's for like yourself or your creative output um, or for a business to build your personal brand, whatever the case may be. Right. And so I, I guess I want to get into, you know, you talked about tactics that would help people tell their story. Um, yeah. Do you feel that, I mean, I don't know, I haven't read the book, so I'm, I'm going to need to get it so that I can really like, you know, maybe get some insight or, or even yeah. be inspired. I'm sure I, I have been inspired by doing some research with you and really just figuring out that, um, you know, that it's necessary, I guess, to tell yeah. your story. Um, sure. I think for me, and, and maybe you could help with this, for me, I don't know when I am telling my story. Right. Because it's like I'm just talking about things in my life. Like what how do you differentiate between posting about certain things, the day to day things versus this is me telling my story? So I think one of the things that like an important differentiation is, you know, this 
this book in particular is about how to tell your stories through content. And so it's not necessarily just stories that are your story or like your mag, you know, the, the giant story of you that you somehow have to have an idea of and plot over the course of your life. Um, mm-hmm. It's really about anytime you're creating a piece of content. So that is a post on Instagram or, you know, a, a video like we're creating now, how are you planning that in a strategic way so that you make sure you're not running out of ideas? So I'll give you like a really tactical example is, a show like this, right? You're doing mm-hmm. what I would call people-focused content. You have guests come on, you talk to them. It's it's about that person and about the conversation mm-hmm. you're having together. So I would mm-hmm. call this people-focused content. Um, and you're telling that through live video right now. Mm-hmm. When you upload the video later, it'll be sort of a, a static video. And then it mm-hmm. sounds like you also share that through just audio. So you're using a, multiple different formats to tell one mm-hmm. people-focused story. A lot of people, if they don't have a series like you have, where they have different guests week after Mm -hmm. week, if they're just doing a vlog, for example, like uh, many YouTubers Mm -hmm. do, they might start to feel after a little while, like I'm running out of stuff to say, you know, how many times can I talk about my day? Exactly. Right. A vlogger too. How many times can I talk about my day or how many different makeup tutorials can I do? Or how many different ways can I talk about my product? And so this Mm -hmm. book is designed to help you come up with new ways, new approaches, new perspectives, uh, ways you can talk about whatever those stories are. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's definitely important, like you were saying, sort of my story, when am I telling my story? It's important for you to have a sense of your personal brand and what's important for you Mm -hmm. to share and where you draw those lines. But this is more for coming over, uh, like getting over writer's block or creator's block when you feel Mm -hmm. like, I just don't know how to say this any differently or, you know, how Mm -hmm. to say it in an exciting way, Mm -hmm. how to make sure people care about it. Yeah. I just looked up your book right now on Amazon. Uh, you have some good reviews on there about people talking about the writer's block, right? And how mm-hmm. you help them find solutions on how to overcome that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so that's the idea. I mean, what the book does and, and I can, let me see if I can find the page and I'll open it here for you guys. So, um, cause I, I did say like, it's very, very tactical. That was the goal. So this book, mm-hmm. this part of the book, it, you can see it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a grit. Um, so I'll, I'll, I know you can't read it, but I'll explain what it is. So basically, okay. across the top here are the different content focuses. So the very first one is actually people, which I just mentioned. This is an example mm-hmm. of people-focused content. Mm-hmm. And then on the side are different formats. So here's live video, here's video, and here's audio, which are the three we were just talking about. The mm-hmm. idea is, in this book, I walk through 10 different focuses 10 different things you can create content about, different ways to approach it, and then 10 different formats, ways you can bring that content to life. So what you end up with is 100 possible combinations. Mm-hmm. So the idea is not that you would create 100 pieces of content like from this one interview, that might be overwhelming, mm-hmm. but if you were sitting there saying, I've got a new product or a new event that's coming up, or you know, we're, we're launching a new, a new service of some kind, how do we get that word out to our audience? You could think through, okay, can I tell this story in a, a people-focused way? Can I tell it in a data-focused way? Can I tell it um, you know, through opinion why I think it's a great product? And it, so it would kind of give you a bunch of different prompts and potential ways to tell that story. So it kind of makes it so that you never have to start from scratch. Oh, amazing. I'm like, yes, can I get the book right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think that is, you know, that goes along with, you know, being overwhelmed because you do see all of those types of content while you're online. And yeah. then you're figuring out like what is working for you, what will work for you or your clients, whoever yeah, you serve. Exactly. Right? And, and that's, that's, so that's the idea is not, again, you're not supposed to create all of them. That would be too overwhelming. I don't create all of them. None of us do. Right. Um, yeah. But it's just that, 
like you were saying, for different stories, you know, you might want to create a video in some instances and you might want to write a blog in other instances. But if you start every single brainstorm or if you're sitting down saying, OK, I must come up with a whole month's worth of video ideas or a whole year's worth of blog topics, you're going to feel that overwhelmed because you won't know where to start. So this mm -hmm. is supposed to function, you know, kind of like a like a guide to help you through that that thought process of how do you come up with the right stories to tell? How do you pick which format or which focus? Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you've got plenty to choose from. You could decide whichever ones you like best to move forward with. Right. Yeah. And I think, go ahead. I think, I, well, cause I think when, if you plan too far ahead, what happens is you won't probably stick to that plan either. Right. I think the best thing to do is plan, have your main goal, but of course, like sub goals on top of that goals, because you will eventually probably pivot somewhere in between. And yeah, that's okay, well, you know? and your marketing also needs to be real time and, and reactive in some that, instances. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen some examples of that as of late, you know, like we said, many of us are, are in different scenarios than we were a few weeks ago. And so having mm -hmm. the, the ability, the flexibility to change your marketing to news, to c current events, to, you know, any kind of thing, even, I mean, it's something small, but we remember, you know, gosh, it was like two months ago when, when Kobe Bryant passed very suddenly, right? That was not at all expected. If you're a sports brand, you want to have the flexibility. You don't want to wish condolences a month or two from now. You need to have some real-time ability to adjust your messaging when something big happens, positive or negative, to be able to to you know, be a part of the conversation that your audience is having. So that combination of these are our major points, these are our, our tent poles that are happening throughout the year, back to school, summer, you know, Mother's Day, whatever those important events are, but also having space in between to, to fill with more timely content, I think is the, the right balance yeah. to strike. Yeah, like one thing that we uh, do in software development or in that industry, in the tech industry, is using Agile, like, uh, mm -hmm. like to be more scalable. Mm -hmm. So um, this way you can pivot quickly, right? You just get things out and then you start reiterating on top of it and learning from it, getting feedback mm -hmm. and then going back to, um, I guess, uh, changing what the goals may be, right? Because you learn as, because uh, <clears throat> as you release, I'm assuming it might be the same, as you release content, you'll probably figure out that maybe you didn't get the feedback that you thought you would. Yeah. And you have mm -hmm. to, like you learn from that and then. Uh, go back and reiterate. Yeah. I think it's also good. I mean, sorry, Melanie, to like, it sounds like, um, you know, you said right now might not be the best time to like release a book. And, but I think it is the right time to get that stuff in the book because this is yeah. the time to really f set your foundation. Like, what are you going to work on and focus on? Not just now because of the times, but there's business is going to be different in a month, in two months, right. in three months. Like yeah. we're going to start getting back to normal. And then what are you going to use with this time that you're able to plan stuff? Yeah. So. And I think, I think the other thing that's important to talk about here too is, you know, while a lot of people are finding themselves with tons of free time, this is also, I mean, it's a hard time for many people. It's new routines. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you're working like I'm not in my usual office setting. I don't have all the equipment or the resources that I usually do. That's true for a lot of people. And so mm -hmm. one thing I've been trying to stress at this point too is don't put a ton of pressure on yourself that during this particular time, you're going to launch the best ever, you know, you're going to write a book next week and you're going to launch a new YouTube series and finally update your blog and, and get a million followers on Instagram. Like be realistic. You're still a human. There's still other things happening in your life, in your world, right? As you said, things are changing very quickly. Um, so I think it's also really important to set realistic goals. And I don't mean 
to like lower your standards. That's not what we mean here, but just be realistic about what you can accomplish because it's much more important that you do something consistently and grow over time than you sort of try to start big and do a little bit of everything and, and be unable to keep up with that because that's going to end up upsetting you and making it harder for you to keep doing the parts that you do love, you know? So mm-hmm. I would recommend start with one thing, do that well, get comfortable with it. And then once you're comfortable with that, add in another element, right? So add in a blog or add in a YouTube series. Once you've got one thing down pat and you're comfortable, you know how much time and effort it takes. It's a lot easier to scale up, uh, you know, emotionally and with your resources uh, than it is to, to have to scale back. Exactly. You sound like you're talking to us right now with, yeah. our, with our podcast, because that's exactly what we did. We said, let's just go do it consistently and not miss any weeks and not get worried about, you know, the numbers of the subscribers, which we love to see that grow because yeah. it's um, all it's organic. Super. Like yeah. it's been very organic. Like we haven't said, follow us here. And, you know, it's just a matter of like what we're putting out. And now we're ready to go to that next step of yeah, now we can really start marketing a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, it has grown organically. I mean, slowly, but I mean, it's fine. Which I think is nice because I don't know. It's just people finding us. I, yeah. I don't know how we're getting this. I don't know how we're getting <laughs> people to follow us or subscribe to us. But um, but now once we start marketing, that now we got that feedback that people are interested in mm-hmm. subscribing. So mm-hmm. if we do market it, hopefully we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the outcome is, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because you're creating your show week to week, it also allows you that exact, uh, you know, flexibility that we were talking about. So if you start mm-hmm. hearing feedback that, okay, people really liked episode four, episode 11, mm-hmm. episode 22, those were the most downloaded. Okay. What's the commonality there? These were all this type of marketer or mm-hmm. in all three instances, those were longer or shorter episodes, right? So you can look at that data and iterate over time. So exactly. you have that consistency of knowing it's coming out the same day or time every single week week, but also enough planning time to be able to adapt to the feedback you get, which is, is really smart. Well, what's funny is actually like the one with the most views, I think is just the, the one where Marissa and I were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I mean, I'll just, I'll see myself <laughs> out. I'll go. No, you, guys, was, <laughs> you guys got this. <laughs> I, I don't know why that worked. But um, it it just, it could have been that time. one a little bit though. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That may be it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, but hey, that that's valid feedback too, right? So if you're looking yeah. at your data and it says, "Hey, maybe we have better conversations just the two of us." That I mean, there are plenty of shows that that function that way too. And so mm-hmm. I always think, you know, you'll you'll have to look at your data, crunch the numbers mm-hmm. and having what is it, 25 episodes you have now? Uh, 27, I think. There you go. So 27, you'll be able to mm-hmm. that's a substantial amount of data to be able to mm-hmm. to crunch the numbers and and see what your audience is liking. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for inspiring us. Now we're going to go look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, yeah, so like what's um, right now, you know, the book we can get on Amazon, um, yeah. which is a little bit of a delay because it's That's currently true. this situation. But what's next for you? Like, I know you just spoke at Social Media Marketing World. and what, Yeah. What's next? So, you know. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the events that I was planning to speak at, you know, are not not happening at this particular point, but there's plenty of other things that that I'm focused on. So I'm actually creating a companion workbook, a digital workbook that goes alongside uh, the book. So for people who really want to like take it page by page and actually do the work and come up with stuff, there's mm-hmm. going to be a workbook. Uh, actually, my, my final task later today is to, to re- uh, approve the latest round of, of changes on that. So hopefully we'll have that live, you know, very soon um, nice. on my website at storyfield.co. Um, there's a 
a mastermind. So I have the brand storyteller mastermind. I do once or twice a year, just depending on, on enrollment. And we're going to have that probably coming up starting in April. We've got some interest right now. So um, in, in April, we may be starting that up. And again, find more info about that at storyfield.co. And uh, I'm also just trying to have a little bit of fun and experiment with things. I mean, I'm doing more live video than I've done personally. I'm spending more time on social media, just engaging with people, joining Twitter chats. Like I'm just really trying to um, see the positives as best I can in the changes mm -hmm. that we're all experiencing and, and try to find opportunity where I can connect with people, uh, you know, learn more and, and just uh, make the best out of, out of our situation. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, That's, uh, I have a question too about speaking. So how did yeah. you get started with speaking and mm -hmm. how's that helping you right now with, uh, your career? Yeah. So um, actually, you know, a big part of my business, uh, I would say, honestly, like 50 to 60 percent of the revenue in my business comes from speaking. So I'm a, a professional uh, speaker and trainer. And so um, unfortunately, right now, it, this exact moment, it's not helping much. Right. Events aren't happening. But mm -hmm. um, I do have a lot of experience teaching online. So, uh, you know, I've taught online as an adjunct professor for a number of universities. So I'm very comfortable doing webinars and things. So there's still plenty of you know opportunity there to be helping teams and, and companies and, and audiences via webinar. So we're, mm -hmm. we're working on some of those things. But how I got into it was actually, again, I uh, wish I had some magical insight, but it was truly just someone on my team was invited to speak at an event. And and they couldn't make it. And so I went in their place. I actually didn't even present my own stuff. I was presenting their research at the time. It was like I was literally a fill-in, um, but I did it and I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun uh, being on stage and sharing it with people. The feedback was really good. And I thought, man, I really would like to do that again. And so mm -hmm. I, over the course of my, you know, full-time roles, I took every opportunity I could to present at, you know, team meetings, to, to represent us at, you know, our sales offsite, to do trainings internally, to kind of build reps and, and build experience in doing that. And then mm -hmm. once I knew I was going to be going out on my own, I planned ahead and I tried to pitch myself as a speaker. Um, you know, I, I, I always tell everyone to, you know, there, there are plenty of courses and professionals and coaches that have helped me along the way. I've taken courses on, on speaking. I've taken, done training with coaches. I've gone to speaking boot camps and programs. I mean, if you want to learn a skill, it makes sense to invest and to do it right. Yeah. And so uh, building a speaking business is something that took me, you know, six years over time, you know, in, in baby steps to the point where now, uh, you know, in, in 2019, 2020, I'm blessed to have that as a, as a major part of my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just started uh, <clears throat> going to Toastmasters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just to get better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, a, it's just, you know, becoming more comfortable. I think that's with everything. I mean, you said you started, you know, just anywhere you could teach or present was yeah. where you started. And I think that kind of can filter over into like content, like start somewhere yes. and figure out what works and then keep going. And it's not like one month you're done. Okay. Right. That's yeah. it. There's, and uh, it's there's a guy named Brian Fanzo. He's on social as yeah. I social fans. I don't know if you guys follow mm -hmm. him uh, or your listeners, but definitely check him out. His whole mm -hmm. thing is he says, press the damn button. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. Just go make it like everything. You just need to get started. It is yeah. so much better to just start and learn as you go. And I know mm -hmm. some businesses, some industries don't have that liberty. You know, if you work in the medical field or the legal field mm -hmm. or insurance or something, you're probably heavily regulated. You can't just wing it. I get that. Um, but it's so much better for you to start with an imperfect product and like just right. be creating. Just start that blog. Start going on live. Start posting on whatever platform because then mm -hmm. it's not scary. You already did it. 
go from there. Right. You know, it's like the first time you do anything is is always stressful. And if you're building it up so much that you haven't done it for years, that's like it becomes an impossible barrier. If you just get started, mm-hmm. just go out and make the thing, do the thing, post the thing, uh, you're that much closer to to being great at it. Oh yeah, I I can totally resonate with that. I think um, that the insurance specifically, there's one person that I that I know that that I follow on LinkedIn. He has LinkedIn Live. Somehow this insurance agent got LinkedIn Live, which is really kind of amazing. But really, all he does is people based content, like you said. Like he just talks to people. He doesn't yeah. sell his services. Doesn't talk about insurance. Doesn't talk about any of that. But he's going live and bringing people into his network, and then the conversation shifts over to insurance after, you know, like after all that. And I'm like, wow, that's so innovative. (laughs) You know, it's like he has that product, but he doesn't even need to sell it. He's just building relationships. And and I'm glad you said products because one of the focuses in the book that we talk about is product. You have to focus on your product at some point. I think the mistake a lot of marketers make is everything is focused on the product. And just like you were saying, who wants to, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to interact with an insurance agent every day. I hope you don't. I hope your life is not so catastrophic that you need to talk to an insurance agent every day, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us need that occasionally. And so if someone is only providing product-focused content, there's very little incentive for you to follow them or engage with them because you probably don't mm-hmm. need that product focused content every single day. And that's right. why the mix I think is really important. You know, there's value in following this guy because you're meeting interesting people and you're learning different things and you're seeing glimpses into their life. You might be learning about tangential topics, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's how we can really focus on growing a community, growing our audience, growing our engagement is just providing value on a consistent basis, even mm-hmm. when it's not directly product related. Yes. Very well said. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally. Um, Okay. So Christy, you have anything else? I was going to ask our random question. Uh, No. Do you have one? Okay, I do have one. Okay. 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 Uh, We have a random question at uh, at the end of every episode. Okay. So it might be wild or it might be. (laughs) Just to get to know you. And you can refrain from it. Okay. So um, you want a prize. The prize has two options. You can either choose. You can choose one or the other. Can't okay. choose both. Okay. The first option is a year in Europe, and let's just pretend like there's no travel ban or anything. Right. A year in Europe with a monthly stipend of two thousand dollars. Okay. Or the second second option is ten minutes on the moon. Which option do you choose? Whoa. No, a year in Europe. I would go. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, hmm. because I think I would take back more from that. I could meet people and have way more experiences. I mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Okay, cool. Plus maybe someday we can all go to the moon. Right. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that travel to the moon is a very long time. Like, yeah. Like, over a year but 10 a minutes time. on the moon? Just imagine. I don't know. I, I know. It looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, at this point, I'll take you up. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I think well, I, if you- I, I, I'm on the same side with Melanie on this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm, I'm on the moon. So. We'll wave to you from Europe. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, if people want to connect with you, they can con- find you on all the social media, on your website, storyfield.co, or on Twitter. I guess that's your preferred yeah. platform right now. You're doing Don't find well. me on Twitter. I'm having Twitter all kinds stuff. of fun over there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you want the Content Fuel Framework book, go to the website, storyfield.co. Yeah. And it's also available on Amazon, but I'm sure all the info is on your website. It is. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for letting me share my story. Have a good day. You too. All right.
No, she's still here. Oh, she's, why is? I just I just put her off the stream. Oh, why didn't you put her back on? Because we ended. <laughs> she's still looking. Yeah, she's watching us. Oh yeah, put her back on. I just want to make sure I can get connects with her on LinkedIn. Oh shit. Just I'll give you I'll give you the info. We're live, by the way, still. Anyways, um we are going to end the show now. Um Chris, do you have anything you want? Uh, uh, did you get did you learn what did you learn from her that you're gonna implement this week? Uh <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of stuff that she said, like I'm probably already doing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just good to get feedback from another professional. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do like her scope on the just do it part. It's just like the Nike slogan, just do it. Yeah. You know, he's got to mm -hmm. get, like how we did with the, with the podcast pretty much. Yeah, exactly. I get started on it. But, yeah, I'm, I um, think... I, I would probably I wouldn't mind reading her book though because I'm yeah. sure it's very informational. At least from the rev the reviews I saw on Amazon, mm -hmm. it looked like it's a good book. I mean, she already has like five out of five stars on it and fifty five yeah. ratings. So awesome! Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'll send you her link, up, but she you can find her on on her website or whatever. But for me, I'm going to what I really learned, and and I think. I think we, I, as a marketer, understand that, like people focus content, you know, product, yeah. pro all of that, but using, you know, kind of figuring out like what that is when I'm communicating it to, to potential clients and also, you know, making sure that like when I grow my team, like I have an assistant right now, but like being able to communicate that exactly with them when I'm talking about um, how they can help me with content or, you know, how my process works. So I think yeah. that that's really important. And I was going to mention, and I forgot to mention that, like, with the overwhelm, like... <laughs> Have you heard of this book? No, hold on. Let me finish. With the overwhelm, like, I had to turn off my laptop. I had to, you know, really just write down crap. You know, like, if you see my... I wrote down a bunch of stuff this morning because I was like, I need to make sure that I write stuff down because... I'm getting so caught up in like all the distractions and all the content mm -hmm. that I'm like not actually doing what I need to do just to cross it off my list. Right. Like mm -hmm. as you niche more down and as you know, you're and get more clear on what you're offering and you're serving people despite having, you know, enough cool. work to do for businesses. Like I want to be able to be just m more succinct. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So, it's good. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to bring up to you real quick is this book, Built to Sell, uh, creating a business that you can thrive without, that can thrive without you. So pretty much what this book is talking about is something similar to what we have, is uh, mm -hmm. uh, a business that is, uh, that are, businesses are service providers, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But the difference is a lot of service providers don't focus on process and building their business like a product. It's kind of like what she was saying, too. This word reminded me of. It, and the book goes into detail about how this guy, he was an agent, or he had an agency, and he developed, you know, he's doing graphic design work, web work, logos, but one thing, and then he ended up meeting this this mentor and really mm -hmm. drove him to understand that his, what is his business really good at, and his, what his business was really good at was developing logos, and they had a 10-step process for that. So they threw mm -hmm. everything else out the door, and then just focused on logos, and then they yeah. were able to capitalize that and generate more revenue, and were able to sell their business. 
Yeah. Um, because he thought of it as like a, of a product, you know, you focus on the product mm-hmm. and the product was the process. Right. So. That's, I feel like I'm, I need to mix my content up that I consume and, and cons- I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm consuming sales uh, content, you know, just kind of like how to sell better and just get better at it. And right. those are like tactics that I'm implementing like right away. And like, I'm using this time also to like strengthen like my mindfulness and make sure that my mind is right. Um, so it's it's a weird time, but I think just keep moving and like keep doing stuff that like enriches you, whether it's in business or personal. I think that's mm-hmm. the right time to do it. Right. Um, so we're gonna end this broadcast and end this episode to follow up with us. If you want a show like this on YouTube, go to liveonsocialnow.com. Um, it, it will allow you to have something like this and invite guests on and have graphics and all that fun stuff. So um, if you're watching and you've learned something from us and or Melanie, definitely leave a comment below. Thank you for watching and we'll catch you, you on the next episode. Bye. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. You can listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at businessafpod.com. If you like what you hear and you want to let people know, don't forget to tag us using hashtag businessaf.